A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Mickey Kennedy. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to be talking about press release marketing. Um, I remember doing that back in the day in the noughties when I was doing the Blue Dog and Yellow Koala. We would use PR Web. And um, part of it was trying to trick Google with lots of links. And now I thought back to it earlier on today. Actually, it did work, but I don't think we did it very well. And we were basically just kind of bragging about ourselves. And you're going to tell me that that's completely wrong and that you actually have something, you need to have something to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I think being strategic and uh, newsworthy is uh, the easiest way to get journalists to write articles about you. So the the ways of 20 years ago and, uh, you know, oh. syndication of press releases being an SEO thing where the same press release would be replicated on lots of websites is not really a strategy anymore from an SEO standpoint because it really doesn't help you. What you're looking for is those unique original articles that to be written about you. And that's where if you have a strategic or really newsworthy press release, you stand the chance of having it turned into an article. That being said, you don't have to be newsworthy uh, to write newsworthy press releases. And Brilliant. So, uh -huh. That's a great introduction because, you know, you know I come from the SEO world, so my immediate thought is let's trick Google with a, with a bit of a press release. And I knew, I knew it wasn't right. And you've done an amazing introduction to what we're going to talk about, and I'm really excited to hear it because we need to do this at CaliCube because we have news, and I think we are newsworthy. But in, in addition... Even if we aren't newsworthy, if we can do a press release and get some news articles about us, that would be absolutely awesome. And I think that's going to be really powerful for knowledge panel management. But before we start that, I always start off with uh, the guest's brand SERP. So what I do is I uh, Google your name, and I've done that here, and your brand SERP is all you. Now, is that because your name, Mickey Kennedy, is unique rather than Michael Kennedy? Or is it, it because you're I think it is. Brilliant? I think... I think it's a unique spelling uh, of Mickey, and uh, I, I, I'm just out there a lot. Uh, I am the face of e-releases because I, I, you know, it's 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 my company, and I've started it as a solopreneur, and now we have t uh, ten uh, staff members, and so I've I've just always been upfront, and people recognize me, and I feel relatable that way. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm, like me, Kelly uh, Cube is a solopreneur and is now uh, a nine person team, if I include myself, which I do. In fact, 10 if I include Anton. So you and I, Mickey, have more in common than we thought. Um, but the brand set looks great. And you're creating great content, obviously, with the Twitter profiles and the videos and the images. And that's huge in brand set management. So having a unique name, Mickey Kennedy is a huge advantage. And once you've got that huge advantage, create great content and visual content in particular, and that's a double huge advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely delightful. Quickly, before we start from the sponsors, um, we have a little message at the start, and it's Wordlift, as always, who are partnering with us. So if you want to join me every week on CaliCube Tuesdays, which, as the name suggests, is always on a Tuesday at 5 p.m. CET, like today, and it's produced in partnership with Wordlift, who are an 
amazing team, an amazing AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy lifting for you. And I'm going to sponsor myself today with the CaliCube Academy online courses. I've finished recording the Knowledge Panel course, and you can learn not only everything you need to learn to optimize your brand set, but also your Knowledge Panel. And the Knowledge Panel course will be ready in a month. Lots of people are asking me about it. Please do contact us, join our newsletter so you know when it comes out. So, Mickey, back to the topic of the day. One of the things we're trying to do with CaliCube Tuesdays is learn and you are going to teach us all about press releases. Now, you said you don't need to be newsworthy. Should we start with newsworthy? What is newsworthy? And then say, how do you work around that? Right. So newsworthiness is just something that would be irresistible to the media that they would want to share with their audience. Um, so, you know, they are mostly gatekeepers and they have a subscriber base or visitor base people that know them and so they have to curate content that would be engaging for them and so um for that reason they're you know they're always on the hunt for something that is um a little unique and a little different and so uh you know there the ways there's many ways in which you can sort of drill that down and try to make it applicable to you and your business. Right. I, I mean, from my perspective, uh, I remember back in the day with Buwan Koala, it was a blue dog and a yellow koala. And we would do PR web press releases, basically saying pretty much every month we've got a new game and a new song. And it, it worked for the links. It worked, as you said, for that duplication, but it also actually grabbed the attention of some schools and got us the natural links we were supposed to be getting and got schools on board because it was great educational content for kids. Now, I thought that was kind of newsworthy because I think songs are great and I love writing songs, and but nobody else presumably does. And for CaliCube today, I'm releasing a knowledge panel course. Is that newsworthy or do I have to twist it? Um, I think you would probably have to twist it because there's so many people releasing uh, courses and study guides and things like that. What what what's different about yours than everybody else's? Now, um, you know, if if it's the delivery platform or if it's you know your approach or something like that, um, perhaps you could build something out. But uh, uh, right. things that might make it more newsworthy if you're doing a course launch is to actually incorporate a lot of statistics on what, you know, within the area of, of your course. So if your course is about, um, you know, uh, SEO link building, if you were to have links that were uh, not, not just links, but actual um, statistics of, uh, you know, 87% of all people who have this amount of links usually rank in the top 40 or something like that. All, all of that kind of stuff uh, can really build. And it doesn't have to be your data. Um, you could just go out and get that data and build it into your um, your press release. What it does is it creates a story. And journalists right. are story writers. Um, they, you know, it may not be the Star Wars hero arc uh, story that everyone's used to, but they are looking for a story and to build something out. So the more information you provide allows them to create, you know, a story and 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 have you within it. And that's that's a really great way to sort of uh, be the pill inside the Cuba cheese that you feed a dog or something <laughs> like that. 
Brilliant. No, absolutely delightful. I mean, now I think about it, we have the data. I've got 500 million data points in a database sitting uh, in Belgium somewhere, uh, all about knowledge panels. So what I could actually do is say, we've got a knowledge panel course. Did you know that 50% of people don't have them, 50% of companies don't have them, and, and build some data around it uh, with also progress over time? How much is Google building out this understanding that presents the information panel on the right-hand side? There's an idea for the CaddyCube team. We need to, to nail this down. Um, and before we go on to how to actually write it, because now we've got the idea, and we've got the topic, uh, we can then go on and write it. But before we do that, we had a question about startups who were looking for investors and advice about creating uh, a press release for that. Um, if you can put that back up, Anton, on the screen. There you go. I'm interested in newsworthiness for early stage startup to business still seeking investors. Is that a particular specific problem? Would they have to be talking about what it is they plan to do? So... I find that startups do really well with press releases. Right. Um, we we work with about a third of the people that appear on Shark Tank uh, in the U.S. before their episode airs, and mm. uh, the producers recommend that they do a press release before their episode airs. Now they're on a national TV show, uh, so they're going to get some pickup as a result of that. But um, a lot of startups uh, will also get pickup, and I think that what they do really well is the elevator pitch. They have refined a unique selling proposition. They are doing something, they've got a niche in this industry that they've targeted that is different than everybody else. And as a result, that makes it newsworthy. The media wants to uh, cover unique people. You know, what, what, what is it that makes you unique? Now, if you're a startup, and you don't have a very well-defined USP, then you're in trouble. But uh, I, I find that startups generally do. You know, startups that are looking for funding are honing what they do different than everybody else, and they're carving out something that just doesn't exist. And so that makes it very use, uh, useful uh, from the standpoint of the media and and newsworthy. Right. Okay. So. We, we have basically the idea, whether I'm a startup or whether I'm talking about my knowledge panel course with lots of data behind it, where do I put the press release? Or am I putting the, ha the horse before the cart? Do I need to write it first? You need to write it first. And uh, so, many people, so many people look at other press releases that are out there and they write similar types of releases. The most mm -hmm. common releases that we get are uh, a new product announcement uh, with just a list of features. Uh, or uh, a, a new hire, and it's usually not someone like a new CEO or someone strategic or you know an industry veteran who's coming on board, which could be newsworthy. But it's just like you know a new VP of HR, and uh, you know so as a result, they don't get a lot of pickup. It, they're just not that strategic or newsworthy outside of maybe a local paper and mm. maybe an industry publication that might put a little two sentence uh, mention of, of a new hire. Right. Uh, it, it's very unlikely that you'll get an article out of that. And, and if you do that, does your name then kind of become mud and people see your name and think oh, they've been wasting our time with these rubbish press releases? I, I don't. I think that uh, journalists are so overworked and slammed that there's no way they're keeping blacklist anymore. Uh, there might right. be still a couple of curmudgeons out there who might, you know, think poorly of you, but it, they're just too busy. And Brilliant. they're expected to do double the work they did 20 years ago. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's tough. And so I don't right. think that, uh, I, I think that you, you can afford to make some mistakes out there and still get up 
brush your pants and move on and, and just keep going. And yeah, absolutely. That's good news for me. Um, Cause I think we all make mistakes when we start and it's really nice to think I can get this wrong and I'll get it right next time. We'll get it better next time. <laughs> and the idea then, if you're saying the journalists are overworked, the more the press release pre-chews and prepares the work for them, the better. Yes. So the more that you uh, prepare and uh, give them more data and more information for them to build out a story. Uh, for example, the, I'd mentioned that one of the common releases we get is a product launch, uh, a new mm -hmm. product, and generally it's just a list of features. What's mm -hmm. missing from that is here's a case study or use study of one of our clients who beta tested the product and they saw a 17% decline in uh, uh, you know uh, certain expenses uh, yep. or they saw a you know six percent increase in revenue or conversions or something so you, you want to have those people uh, in there because those you know that's that's the stories that get written stories don't get listed with a bunch of bullets of features of a product if you look in the paper and yet that's what the press release is and so right. you really want to see what is it that the the media generally writes and they write stories so uh you have a new product and they're like hey uh this is uh someone who used it this is what they saw and it'd be even better if you had a quote in there from that uh, uh company that did the the use case so uh, am I right in thinking, A, you need to tell a story, B, it's great to have a human face to that story, who isn't the company, and right. C, you add lots of data, and bingo, Bob's your uncle, you've got the best press release in the world. Well, yeah, you, yeah. and even with the best press release in the world, you're not guaranteed anything, because it, it, is, it can be difficult, and you do have to do several releases uh, as part of a PR campaign to see if you can make it work for you. And the, the thing is, you never want to replicate the same press release you did, because if it didn't work, it's unlikely to work. So again, so try something completely different. Um, and if, if you keep running against a wall, I always encourage my clients who are discouraged to say, uh, do a survey or study within your industry. It's the easiest way to get pickup. I've, I've, I've never had it fail, uh, oh. where, uh, you didn't get, uh, I think the least I ever had was four articles that were written, original articles. On average, it's between eight and 12, eight to 14 articles that get written. And what you do is you uh, build out a, a survey, like SurveyMonkey makes it very easy. I, I like multi-page, four questions per page. So if someone abandons it halfway, you got eight questions that they responded to that you can use right. for your data. And uh, on the last page, you can afford to be a little whimsical and ask some weird questions. Uh, sometimes the weird questions can really turn into something. And uh, I right. had a uh, an auto repair shop in Pennsylvania that had lost its domain name because it was tied to the yellow pages somehow. And they had been for years and I don't know what happened, but they had a new domain name and the SEO guy recommended me and said, uh, you should do press releases with Mickey. They said, the, the goal here is to get auto industry um, links from other auto industry right. publications. And so I told them the only way I think that's gonna happen is to do a survey. So they felt they had like a imposter syndrome. They're like, well, we're just a little auto repair shop. Mm. We can't do a survey. And I'm like, no, anybody can author a survey. And by you doing it, you have just branded yourself an expert. And so then they're like, well, we don't know who to send it to. And I'm like, oh, that's the easiest part. There are so many 
independent and small trade associations within every industry, not the big ones, but the small ones. And in this case, there was an independent auto repair uh, shop trade association uh, that sent the link out to their members for free. Um, an easy way to get them to do it is say, I'm going to be doing a press release and marketing this and I'll mention you in it. And so they don't get a lot of love. The big trade associations generally do. So they see it as a win-win and they'll often send right. it to their members. Sometimes they'll send it out through social media, sometimes through email. And if you're really lucky, you can get them to do both. And what, what you then do is you pour through that data that you get and you come up with what was the most interesting aha moment. And right. uh, you want to flesh out a couple of those and build a story around it in a press yeah. release. And I recommend also linking to your site. And this is a great way to ensure that people will link to you because it does happen. You get articles written and they don't link to you. Right. Um, and, and we know that Google gives you uh, link juice because uh, they have a patent on it. Even if you're not mentioned, if they can contextually tell that it goes to this company. And so if they're talking about e-releases in the New York Times, uh, I'll get some credit for that, even though there's no direct link to e-releases. But what I find is, especially in uh, trade publications, is if you have a page on your website where you put all the results, and so you may have only touched on two of the questions in the press release, but by having that link to all that additional data, right. it's valuable and people like want to see that. So it makes it very irresistible to the media to include that link to your website. Brilliant. And that's, that, that's one of the great uh, Trojan horse ways to ensure that you get a link as a result of an article that might get produced. And, uh, right. and, and, and you yeah. know, it, it's so easy with a survey or study to, to get uh, these links and to get people to talk about you. It, it really does energize you if you ask really relevant questions. And the questions you should ask are things that are relevant today. And we have like logistics issues, hiring issues, uh, uncertainty yeah. with the economy. Right now would be a good time to take people's temperature in your industry about that. What's their spending in, uh, going to be mm -hmm. over the next couple of quarters? Is it the same? They're thinking to pull back a little bit. That's all a really interesting story that you can put together. Right. Yeah, no, that, that, that's brilliant. Like, I'm kind of thinking now about surveys that we could do about knowledge panels. And do people actually realize what they are? And do they realize it's important? Definitely something we should do at CaliCube. And I think this is going to be an amazing interview that's going to help us enormously. And we'll come back to Sarah's question in a moment. And we'll come back to Anton's question right at the end. Uh, but before that, um, I, I wanted to know how many people do you need in a survey for it to make any sense? So I think it really depends on how big it is. If it's a very specialized group of people that you're interviewing uh, or getting a survey from, it could be under 100. Um, if it's a large group in a large industry, then maybe you know two to 300 is, is probably acceptable. Um, uh, okay. But that, that being said, uh, the auto repair shop, uh, one that we did, uh, we had on the last page, what's the strangest thing a customer left in their car while being repaired? And it was just a field where they could write a couple sentences. And we got the craziest stories. And that's what we ran with. And there was only, we only did a roundup of 60 responses. They were all pretty unique. We only talked about a few of them in the press release. And that's what went viral. And the media went to the link and got all 60 and they picked and chose what they thought were the most interesting ones to share with their audience. And it did really, really well for this client. Uh, they uh, oh, took brilliant. a website that wasn't ranking and uh, I think they got like uh, uh, 
over a dozen industry links, as well as their, uh, some uh, several newspapers picked it up, including their local paper. And uh, within three months, they were ranking number one for auto repair their city. Right, Brett, I love the idea of the last page question, which is bonkers, and to get the really weird answers. And I've got to think of one for what we're doing. And we're going to do this. We're definitely going to do it. We're going to have this multi-step process. I think we can get over 100 um, respondents and have that question that we need to find at the end that's going to get the weird stuff and have that page. I'm looking forward to this immensely. If we come back to Sarah's question, that was my next question, is where do we put it? Once we've written our story and we've got our data, we've got our survey and we've got that landing page and it's a beginner question, but Sarah, don't worry, I'm the beginner here as well. And I was going to ask this uh, because both of us are beginners, which is why Mickey's here. Um, do we target specific journalists or is there a clearinghouse? Right. I like so, the word clearinghouse. So you can always send directly to journalists uh, and build your own Rolodex, but most people utilize a wire um, because it's just a great way to get access to all the media. Um, in the case of e-releases, my company, we send out a national press release through PR Newswire, um, and they charge over $1,200 to move a 500-word press release nationally. Mm. And then we're substantially cheaper because we work with startups and entrepreneurs and smaller businesses that they don't serve, and they recognize that our, the budgets of my client base is much smaller mm. than their Fortune 500-type companies and things like that that use them. So they see it as a good partnership to support small businesses. And so right. it, you know, I, I would recommend using a service like ours because – you. Uh, you know, Peer, Peer Newswire is the oldest and largest newswire press releases, and it really gets out there. Uh, for example, right. early in the pandemic, we did one press release, and it got over 150 articles. Um, Brilliant. And including the Washington Post, New York Times, uh, all of these places. It was a uh, initiative to help businesses that were closed during the pandemic. And it was a sort of a grassroots, very short-lived project. And people really liked it and championed it. And I think it did so well because it was positive news at a time where there was a lot of negative mm -hmm. news. And I think that that you know, can work really well. Yeah. Anton's just said, send it to Mickey. Um, <laughs> And I think it's right. As you said, Mickey, you, you would recommend going through your service for press releases. I would recommend going through CaliCube service for knowledge panels, um, which is delightful. But I, mean, I think that's one of the lovely things about, uh, as you say, starting off a business on your own and then building it out is you're doing something you love, something you're really good at. And so when you say, I would advise coming through me, it's simply, I mean it because I believe it and because I know we can do a good job. Right. Right, wonderful. So um, give me a list of reasons why people might fail with press releases. I mean, what I call it is um, tactics to avoid and mistakes not to make. Right. So I think one of the um, easiest ways uh, that people fail is they say, I'm going to do a press release, and then they just pick something that's really easy there to do. And mm. they, like I said, a lot of them look at other press releases and they just copy, you know, it's right. not a word for word copy, but they copy the spirit of that press release. And the likelihood of that being a major press release is probably really low. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of people don't really put the effort into what sh I should be announcing. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I have a, uh, a, a free strategy masterclass where I go through all, an exercise to try to get people to do 
strategic brainstorming for them. And the types of things that are in there are research your industry for blind spots. What are the things that when you're at a conference, everybody talks about, but you never see it in the trade publications. Um, and sometimes those are really great. Now it takes some knowledge of the, your industry and being able to network with people. But if you do a lot of water cooler talk, there's always um, things and topics that get brought up that don't make it into print. And those are really ripe for bringing to the uh, trade publications attention and creating a story. Um, right. Yeah, no, 100%. Sorry, I'm actually thinking in, in, in our industry, there's a huge blind spot and it's brand steps and knowledge panels. Uh, and I'm the only person who talks about it. And I think a press release would be a great way to get other people to start talking about it because I'm getting quite bored of hearing my own voice <laughs> and reading my own articles. Um, so definitely something we we need to do. And the idea of not copying, I think that's really, really important. As you say, people go, well, that, that they did it, so it must have worked. But that isn't necessarily true. No. 95% uh, of the press releases that are out there did not generate original articles uh, or earned media, as we call it. So uh, you really want to be careful with what types of press releases you you model yourself after. And I would just build a story and a press release off of something that's a little more strategic. Um, there's lots of different little ways in which you can be strategic. There is the be a contrarian. Okay. If the industry is talking about a topic, everybody's uh, for years talked about news jacking, which became real popular where you're everybody, uh, something happens in your industry and you just join the conversation. And what happens mm -hmm. is so many people do that now that nothing comes of it. Uh, you're competing against so many people. But if you raise your hand and say, not so fast, this, uh, this is a contrarian take on it. You don't, you know, announce that you're a contrarian, but you, 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 you say, here's the cons, here's the negative side of this that everybody's yeah. agreeing with, and uh, as a result, the media wants to be fair and balanced. So if you're the only one raising your hand and saying, not so fast, here's the cons of it, you stand the likelihood that every time Ooh. an article is written on that subject, that you will be included as the counterpoint, mm. and so that's a much easier way. That's brilliant. Oh, that's because uh, that actually happened to me in France. Is there was an article about link building, and I was the counterpoint. I got a, a tiny mention because they 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 wanted to kind of keep this this story going. But the majority were saying one thing, and they added me at the bottom as the right. counterpoint. And being the counterpoint, no, I, it wasn't me. The journalist did it, and right. uh, somebody I, I was networking with and water cooler stuff going on. <laughs> um, but. Absolute genius. Oh, this is really exciting and fun. And one thing I'd like to say is Marianne, who, who does the podcast coaching for me, who will watch this and tell me what I did right and what I did wrong, where I could have done better. Uh, I would love for you to pick this up as, as your new baby uh, project, doing a press release for Caddycube using the survey idea okay. and the data idea following Mickey's um plan can we say uh, sure. and if you've got that masterclass, mickey if you could share it with us afterwards with maria uh, that would be absolutely great because then we can link to it and we could take it as well sure it, and it's easy to find it's ereleases.com forward slash plan p-l-a-n and it's completely free i'm trying to get my customers to do more strategic releases so they're not sending the the crap that doesn't get earned to media brilliant and the last question then is why should we be looking for this press 
visibility and is it is it not kind of egocentric me thinking i want everyone to talk about me and my company what what's the benefits go through them really quickly right so you can get revenue customers uh the traffic that you get from a story might be relatively small but the conversion mm. rate is off the charts it's not unusual for 40 to 60 percent of the people that come from an article to your website to actually purchase especially if it's like yep. under a hundred dollar uh consumer uh type item uh i i guarantee you that no landing page you have converts that highly and no. uh, it's because <laughs> y- you've it's, there's an implied endorsement when someone writes about you. People's Brilliant. alarms don't go up like they do with average ads and stuff like that. So they mm-hmm. see this as something, they get a warm feeling, they wanna do business with this company and, uh, and then they either click on a link or they actually go to Google and, and try to find you. And many of them will. And so it, it's a really you know great way from that standpoint to get access to new customers. That being said, Ooh. you can also share Uh, these articles with your existing customers and your leads. And Mm. so the same warm feeling that someone felt when they saw that article will happen with a lead who's on the fence about working with you. And uh, that may be, and often is the impetus to get them to convert. And so it can help with your existing customer base, feeling very comfortable that they've got the right company and they don't need to price shop you next time uh, like they normally would do on a regular basis. And uh, for the people who are on the fence, they're more likely to convert and become customers. That, that's really super. Can I add two more? Sure. Um, number one is that you said people will Google your brand name to, to find you. That's where we come in to make it absolutely perfect. And boosting brand searches is also a hugely positive signal to Google. But I just finished recording the Knowledge Panel course, how to get and manage and improve and enhance a knowledge panel. And one of the conclusions is the three-step process of entity home um, corroboration and signposting that corroboration. The the corroboration aspect is everybody's got first and second third-party sources corroborating, and it's that third-party corroboration that's hugely, hugely valuable in terms of Google's understanding and its confidence in that understanding. So I think, Mickey, you've just given us our next year-long project of how much press, independent press can we generate using your strategies. and I'm sure, actually, to be honest, I'm going to contact you now, and I hope we can work together, uh, because I think this is going to be absolutely huge. And I think for CaliCube and the CaliCube process that we have, um, this is going to completely change the game. Uh, thank you so much, Mickey. That was absolutely delightful. Uh, we're now going to pass the baton uh, to Katrina McKinnon. Uh, next week, we've got Katrina McKinnon talking to us about uh, creating content at scale with humans. Uh, We often talk with WordLift about using machines to generate content or to create content. Uh, Katrina's figured out how to do it with humans, which is absolutely delightful. Real-life human beings writing amazing content. Um, And could you pass the baton, please, Mickey? Absolutely. Here we go. Thank you. The baton is officially passed from the delightful Mickey Kennedy to the wonderful Katrina McKinnon. I'm really looking forward to next week, and I enjoyed this week so much, Mickey. You brought so much to the table. This is huge for us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Mickey.